I want to talk about community today. <clears throat> talk about what we do as a community when we're not together as a community. So this is what we used to do. You remember these days when we used to social distance? <laughs> when we didn't have to social distance, we could just greet one another. I think those days are gone temporarily, at least for the foreseeable future. Uh, Brian and I uh, have talked about how to safely bring people back, and I think we can safely get 30 people in here uh, without problems. But I miss these days, don't you? I miss being able to shake hands, to say hi, face-to-face. Uh, -face. But that's been replaced by a different community. It's called a virtual community. People are now connecting with their uh, loved ones via Facebook, Instant Messenger, they're doing all this stuff, Microsoft Team meetings. And while this is good, and, and, and I'm glad that we have this, it, it does not take the place of physical community. And that's something that I think we've lost. So this morning I want to talk about how we do community while we're not a physical community. And I look at the the book of Galatians. Um, Galatians is one of my favorite books. When I was in Korea, uh, I read the book of Galatians, had not been to any Bible classes, was teaching fifth grade Sunday school, but um, I was on my bunk and I read the book of Galatians. And the book of Galatians, more than any other book of the Bible, helped me grow immensely. For the first time in my life at that time, I had only been a Christian maybe a couple of years, uh, and for the first time in my life, I understood what faith was. That you cannot be perfected by works of the law, but you are perfected by your faith in Christ. That is, the Holy Spirit comes and lives in you, and you continue to work out what he has worked in. And so I, I started realizing a lot of the legalistic stuff that I was taught in Sunday school did not hold the weight of the book of Galatians. And so I'm indebted to the, to, to the book of Galatians. It doesn't mean that we live without, without the commands of Christ or we, we have the scripture. The Holy Scripture teaches us uh, what the word of God wants us to do in our lives and we follow that. But I am not made, I'm not made righteous in God's eyes based on what I do. I'm made righteous in God, God's eyes by whom I believe in. And that is Jesus Christ. And he died to pay for my sins. And in that moment when I trusted in him, he imputed his righteousness onto me and therefore making me a child of God and acceptable to him. So, um, in Galatians chapter 6, he, he addresses this issue several times. But in chapter 6, Paul turns his attention to community. He turns his attention to community. In uh, verse 1, it says, restore his sinning brother. Verse 2, bear one another's burdens. 3, test your works. Sharing. All of this is dealt with in the sense of community. This is what the community of Christ does. And so I'm going to share three points this morning. Um, 
Number one, keep on working in 6.9. And this is not working to keep your salvation. You understand that. But he says this, and let us not grow weary of doing good. Growing weary in kako, which means to lose one's motivation to accomplish a task. This has never been more of a challenge than it is right now. Because it is difficult when we are unable to be around others to keep our motivation up. I get it. Uh, it, it, it is a very difficult time. But I want to I encourage you not to grow weary. Don't quit. Don't give up. Uh, don't lose your, your motivation to continue. I, uh, m many of you know that I'm um, uh, in a weight loss program, even though some people say I, I don't need to lose weight. But um, one of the things that's challenging for me is, or that is challenging, is when I don't see the scale move. I think I've been stuck at uh, 183 now for like, I don't know, seems like three weeks. But my coach told me at the VA that that's going to happen, that that will pass, and that you will continue to lose weight as long as you stay on the diet. It's very difficult because when you don't see that scale move, it, it becomes difficult to say, well, I'm just going to give up. But I'm not going to. I'm going to keep with it. And I want to encourage you this morning to keep doing. And the word there, poyo, means to practice or perform. Don't lose your motivation to, pra to practice or perform doing good. Kalos, that which is praiseworthy. So the issue comes up, well, this is very generic. What does he mean by, and do not grow weary doing good? I think this is personalized here. Uh, I believe the language lends itself when we talk about doing good in verse 10. It's a different word. Here it is talking about the motivation that we have in our Christian life to continue to do things even though we're doing it in isolation. Let me just give you a quick list. Bible study. Uh, what a great time, right? <laughs> what, a, what a great time when we're in isolation to get out our Bible uh, and open it to a book and, and study it. There's so many online resources right now. Uh, Studylight.org is, is one good resource. They have tons of commentaries. What a wonderful time in our lives when we are basically in isolation to study God's word and con to continue on. And I, I always encourage to, to pick a book, and I might pick a small book, maybe the book of Galatians, maybe Ephesians, maybe Colossians, Philippians, those types of books. To begin, just start there, look at the resources that you have and continue on. Church, while you're doing church right now, uh, I, I, I understand it's not ideal, but this is where we are at this point in our uh, lockdown. Uh, continue to do church. Maybe watch other church services as well. Get the word of God in, in you so that it, it can be a source of encouragement. Prayer, you can always pray. Giving, give to your church. Reach out, loving others. Uh, maybe a note, maybe a phone call, whatever but loving others, sharing the good news. A lot of social platforms, we talked about that last week, uh, sharing the good news of the gospel. Ministry, you can do ministry. I'll talk about that in a minute. 
uh, being humble, gratitude, praising God. In short, all the Christian duties that you would normally do continue to do during this difficult time. And I know that there's times that we just say, you know what, I'm just not going to do it because it's not going to be effective. But I'm going to tell you, it can be effective uh, even during the time that we live in today. Now, the motivation Paul gives is immediately stated. Do not grow weary in doing good, for in due season we will reap. That is not only a motivation, but that is a promise. For in due season we will reap. Edos kerosh. Edos kerosh. Due season. The word due there refers to one's own property, which is quite amazing. One's your body. You could, you could say it this way. Um, my own self. Keros is always used, at least here, in the sense of time. But at the, right, at the fulfillment of time. Listen to this. Uh, Galatians 4.4. 4, but when the fullness of time had come, God sent forth his son. 1 Timothy 6.15, which he will display at a proper time. Here the issue is that in due time, in due season, you will reap a reward, a harvest. Um, uh, this time of year is always uh, farmers are out in the field and they are, they are planting. This is when it becomes difficult and I believe when this metaphor here that uh, scholars have talked about begins to break down. When farmers go out to their field, they usually go um, April, late March, depending on weather, late March, April. They go to the fields and they begin sowing their seed. And then after they sow their seed, they have to work on their equipment, they have to do other things, haul grain. But they do know that in October, early November, depending on the crop somewhere in that ballpark, they are going to get a harvest. That's almost guaranteed. Some harvests are better than others. But the fact is they know that October and, and sometimes late September, depending on what they've planted, sep September to November, they know that a harvest is coming. But the Apostle Paul here leaves no guidelines on that. I like what Timothy George said in his commentary. One of the greatest frustrations in Christian ministry and the principal cause for weariness and well-doing is the inability to calculate the spiritual outcome of faithful labors in the work of the Lord. There is no timetable for this. We may work for um, months and months and months and months and months and maybe even years and we don't see fruit from it. Whereas the farmer plants his seed, oh yeah, I know in, in late September, October, early November, I'm going to have a harvest. That is guaranteed. That is not the way it works in our lives. Sometimes we may plant seeds from 20 years ago and then all of a sudden at just the right time, we bear some type of fruit from that. And it, that is extremely difficult. So it's not something that, that we can sit down and say, okay, uh, you're going to see fruit from this. I'm preaching to a, basically an empty church this morning. 
But I don't know how many of you are watching. I think we were over 300 last week. But I don't know of, of you that are watching, I don't know what kind of fruit that this will take. Maybe you're, you're passing our website and you just happen to catch my sermon and you listen to it. We never hear from you. You may li even live in a different state because I know we have people in Texas, we have people in Florida, we have people all over watching these, these broadcasts. And I'm, I may never see that fruit. And so sitting here preaching to an em empty congregation week after week, yes, it is trying. Uh, yes, it is difficult because I like people. And I like to see people. I may never see the evidence of what is being done right now. Unlike the farmer, we can't calculate when we're going to get some type of harvest. This is exactly why. This is ex look, at, look at what Paul writes next. This is exactly why he writes it. Do not grow weary in doing good, for in due season we will reap an undesignated time in which if we do not give up. Do you see that? If we do not give up, if we don't quit, if we, the, the whole phrase, which is ekaludo, which refers to being discouraged or to losing heart. And basically when you lose, when you're discouraged, you give up and you quit. And I wonder how many times in our lives did we quit when we should have kept going that God would have blessed us if we'd have kept going. That's something each of us have to answer. Don't become discouraged. Do y'all know who this guy is? Um, Brian may be able to zoom in on this. If you said John Adams, you're wrong. <laughs> That's not John Adams, but he did live in the 1700s. Anybody got a guess? Type it in if you got a guess. It's William Carey. Let me, let me tell you about William Carey. William Carey had a burden for India. One, one day in his study, he just was overwhelmed with the need to go to India because he had heard that the gospel is in short supply. So, in, in 1793, he moved to India and began a ministry. You would think it would be a great time. People are going to hear the gospel. They're going to respond it's going to be wonderful. I don't know what was going through his mind uh, during these years. But I do know this, and it is recorded, that he preached seven years without one convert. Seven years. It would be like me sitting up here Sunday after Sunday with nobody in the congregation preaching, 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 preaching. Uh, honestly, I don't know if I'd have the stamina to do that. But he preached for seven years, not one convert. Now, uh, he could have, he could have said, you know what? You know what, God? I, I, I felt like you led me here. Uh, but apparently, after seven years, uh, I've not reached anybody with the gospel. So I am just going to uh, fold up my Bible I'm going to pack up my things, and I'm going to go home. Well, William Carey didn't do that. 
And in 1800, he baptized his first Hindu believer that converted from Hinduism. It's a constant, it is a reminder to us that sometimes the work that we do, the work that you do, the work that I do, we may not see fruit. And, and here's the kicker. We may never see fruit. But we do know that God said that if we do not quit, that if we stay the course, that we keep doing what we're supposed to be doing, that there will be a harvest. We may not see it, but I, I would think to say if we're doing it around us, eventually something's going to come up that we're going to be able to see, wow, God, God used that and, 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 and there was ministry fruit from it. I just want to encourage you as, as your pastor this morning that you keep on doing work. Keep being engaged. Keep being active. Now, secondly, use your time wisely in 10A. Use your time wisely. And I'm just going to focus on really one word that we've already discussed, which is season. Uh, listen to this. So then, as we have opportunity, keros, well, that's the same word that talked about in season in verse 9. So then as we have opportunity or good occasions for opportunity for ministry. Um, I don't know about you. I think we're all guilty of this. Haven't you watched a lot of TV since you've been quarantined? It seems like every day I have to watch the the COVID-19 briefing from the White House. And, uh, you know, that usually goes on for quite a while, hour, hour and a half. And uh, I'm, I'm not saying that that is inherently e bad, but I am saying that it can possibly take way too much of our, our time where we're not actually using our time wisely. And Thank God for, the, for, for computers and the ability to do what Brian is doing this morning and getting this telecast out there. Uh, but we can there too spend way too much time in investing time in, in television and computers and also our iPhones and iPads and Androids and all of these other devices. And, and, and I want you to understand, I'm not saying that is bad and those can actually be used in ministry if we just tweak our plan a little bit but but the fact is that we've got to use our time wisely and I think one thing that has come out of this listening to other pastors uh, li listening to to people and following this on, on on Facebook one thing that it has definitely done is it has made the church hungry to come to church so there has been something good out of it and I know that once we all get back and the churches are full, and that'll eventually taper off. I realize that. But for the, for, the, for the moment, we need to start thinking about our day and thinking about how we can use our time more wisely, how we can structure our day. Maybe just, just start on a plain piece of paper and write 8 a.m., do this, 9 a.m., do this. Just jot out things that you do during the day. But to begin using our time wisely, in fact, this is not the only place in Scripture where it talks about uh, making the most of our opportunity, uh, our time, if you will. 
uh, in uh, Colossians 4, 5, and 6, conduct yourself with wisdom towards outsiders, and outsiders meaning those that are outside the, uh, the realm of Christianity. Make the most of your opportunity, your time. Let your speech always be with grace, seasoned with salt, so that you will know what you, how you should respond to each person. Again, using time wisely. Uh, when you're out there, make sure that you're using your time wisely with unbelievers. And, and, and always uh, speak in such a way as you, as you can entice them. Entice them. Last, last night, uh, I, I cooked a steak in a cast iron skillet. Did it on the stove. And I, I, I salted it and peppered. Beyond that, you don't really need anything else. But uh, salt and pepper. And I, oh, oh man. The aroma, and of course, Audrey had to open the doors because it was getting smoky inside, but um, uh, the, it was just so enticing, and I, and, I, and I couldn't wait to eat it. And by the way, yes, it, wasn't, it was only a four-ounce steak, so I didn't go over my limit for the day for those of you that are saying, wait a minute, you're on a diet. No, I got it. But we're supposed to use our time wisely. Take our opportunities that we have and be smart about our time. That's not the only place the Bible talks about using time wisely. In Ephesians 5.16, make the most of your time because the days are evil. Um, we have got to think about while we're here. Okay, maybe, maybe you, you put in your notes as, as you make your list at uh, whatever time it is. Five in the morning, whatever. Uh, from 5 to 6 o'clock, I am going to read Galatians or I'm going to read Ephesians and I'm going to get some study Bibles and I'm going to make notes and you do that for an hour. That's good. That's using your time wisely. Uh, from, um, let's say, noon to 1, I'm going to write a few thank you notes and I'm going to, or missing you notes or whatever the notes may be. I'm going to do that for one hour. Or maybe 30 minutes. Do it at 30 minutes. Or, or whatever it is. But make some type of schedule. And, and, and look, at how, look at how you're spending your time. I think we all need to do that. That's something uh, that we all need to do. The fact is that we just need to make the most of the opportunities that come before us. And sometimes these opportunities just pop up right in front right in front and then we have the opportunity to say okay I'm going to use this time wisely and I'm going to do ministry right here I'm going to make a difference right here in the moment because God has given me the opportunity to do so and then because time is getting late here um, number three is do good acts for people do good acts for people so we're to keep on working, we're to use our time wisely, and then the Apostle Paul writes here in the latter part of verse 10, let us do good to everyone. This is an interesting phrase, let us do. Ergazomai, ergazomai. It's in two senses, this is a, uh, this is a present uh, tense verb, but it can be in the middle voice, or it can be in the passive voice. The passive voice would mean acts done to you. The middle voice would be acts that you do to others. 
And right here, it is not the one who is on the receiving end. It is the one who is on the giving end. So you could read it this way. And it's also first person, which would mean something like this. Let you do good to everyone. It's pointing at you. So let you do good. Don't, don't always be on the receiving end of somebody else's uh, doing good. But that you return that and do good on your own end. And then the word good, agathos, which is good acts, to everyone, pos, we've seen that before, it means all people. So that's the scope of it. We are to work, and by the way, let us do is the word for work, labor, or perform. So on one end, the Apostle Paul says we need to internalize this in verse 9, but on the other end, we need to do it. We need to actively be engaged in work. Work is good for us. It's, it's not good to sit around all day with nothing to do. And you say, well, I can't do anything. Yes, you can pray. You can do all these other things that we've already talked about. I wanted this sermon to be practical for you so that you could use it. But good acts, that means things that are beneficial, things that are helpful, things that uh, uh, benefit another person, that make a difference. And uh, again, it's doing the work even though we may not see results right now. That's what the Apostle Paul has been driving at. And then he says, he quantifies this now. He, he says, do good to everybody. But then he trees it a little bit and says this, especially those who are of the household of faith. Malista. Malista. Which means particularly those, and that's the word especially, particularly those who are of the household of of faith. Household is oikeos. Oikeos, which means a member of a family. Let me just tell you, when we, when we do get to meet again, we are a family. We are the body of Christ. We are the, the community of believers that form up the brotherhood. That's, that's why I still like the word brothers and sisters, because we're family. This is, we, are, we belong. Oikeos. And then the word pistis, which is the word faith, which means the believers. So especially, or particularly, we're supposed to do this for the household of faith. The household of faith. Well, you say, Pastor Mike, what, what kind of acts can I do? I could have given you a long list of acts. But what about this? You look across the street, maybe an older couple. Um, they're unable to cut their grass. You look across the street and think, you know, I should really go over and cut their grass and uh, knock on their door, keep my six feet distance. Um, and to actually do some work there. It's, it, it's, it's good. There's little practical things that we can do. Here's, here's an idea that I, that I thought of. How about ordering food in for a person or a family? Just surprise them. That's a, that's a, that's a good act. A lot of uh, families are um, with, that have kids, they're basically stuck in the house a lot. 
tensions are high. What a what a great uh, what a great opportunity to just send some food to help uh, the family. Maybe not even tell them. Just go ahead and do it because uh, they have a refrigerator. They can always reheat it. How about doing something like that? Here's another thing that we can do. Call someone. Just pick up the phone and say, hey, I'm thinking about you. hope everything's going okay. Are you, are you doing well? Uh, I actually got a phone call this week from a member uh, of the church. And it meant the world to me just, just to know that they were thinking of me. And, of course, I made calls this week too. Um, but, yeah, picking up the phone, pick, picking up the phone. And, and by the way, there was something else done to me. I know you, you guys and gals out there can't see this. And, and I put it on our Facebook page. But I have one, two, three, four, five, six, seven cardboard figures here that are looking at me as I'm preaching my sermon. And that was done by people... Uh, a, a young family in our church. Uh, what a wonderful, um, a wonderful way of supporting me while I'm preaching. And and uh, I see Jesus here in the front row, so I hope this sermon's acceptable to him. But yeah, look look for ways in which you can minister. Writing a card, uh, maybe sending an email. I, I think cards are more personal, but but send an email. Just checking on somebody. It just just because we're locked in doesn't mean that we're shut down. Just because we're locked in and quarantined doesn't mean that we can't continue to do ministry. And one thing I just want to encourage you this morning to keep thinking, um, to keep working, to use your time wisely. Make make a schedule, schedule it out that that you just you get up and you say okay eat breakfast, da-da-da-da-da, go down. Some of you may still be going to work. That's, that's great. But a lot of us staying home. I've got it pretty easy because I just walk right across and I go up to my desk or up to my office. I work on my sermons. I, I do, you know, my ministry there. And so I'm fortunate in that fact that I'm still able to work. But I know a lot of us are not. Because if you look at the unemployment numbers, you'll find that there's many millions of Americans that uh, are staying at home and they're having to find things to do. As Christians, we can be creative. Uh, whether it's cutting somebody's yard, whether it's pulling weeds, whether it's getting their mail, leaving it on a door, whatever it, whatever it is, we can do little things. And what I find is that little things are ultimately big things to people. Because they appreciate them when they're unable to do them themselves. So don't be the passive voice. Don't always be the one receiving. Be the middle voice, the one that's giving. And that is our call. So our call this morning is simple. Keep on working. Use your time wisely. And do good acts. And I would say this. Somewhere down the road, there will be fruit. Somewhere down the road, sometimes fruit is in the same as a blessing, something that has blessed you. So even though this morning we are absent community, the community can still be out there working and doing and giving people encouragement and strength in the midst of the culture 
that we're in now. You want to do that, you want to do that this week? That's, that is my challenge. Keep working, use time wisely, and do good acts.